pick a window. Wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. So if you got to hear the first part of the show... Uh, and that's a, that's right now. That's a question mark. Uh, <laughs> we were live at, uh, Wasatch Comic-Con, uh, playing to a crowd of what, three yeah, <laughs> and, so, yeah. and bewildered mall shoppers, you know, walking by going, <laughs> we had, we had two people come to see us. Yeah. We had yep. two people that were held hostage by the location of their sales table. Yes. <laughs> and then we had a few, we had a few people just kind of wandering by who didn't know what the fuck was going on. Exactly. And then if you guys heard it all, mm-hmm. you heard uh, Kenny drop in. Kenny from yep. the Nerd Store uh, dropped yeah. in to say hello mm-hmm. uh, for just a minute with his long, luxurious locks. And then and then it's question mark as to do we ever get to see the audio, hear the audio, and uh, is it uh, functional and editable? Right. So if you got to hear the first part of the show, guess what? We were wrong right here, right now. That we <laughs> we got the audio on time, and we were able to hear it, and Brandon is a fucking hero. <laughs> well, Brandon's always a fucking hero. Oh, he's always a hero. Always. But always. he's not going to know until he gets to day two how important mm-hmm. ours is when we told him, I think, 11 times, do this yeah. one first, Brandon, do this one first. <laughs> Fortunately, it is the first one he'll hear for day two, but we don't know when he'll get to day two. Um, so hopefully you'll get to hear it. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, just to recap, Marvel's awesome. Yes. We all loved it. Go, go see it. Don't listen to the haters. Go see it. It's a great movie. And then Uh, join us on Patreon. Yeah. And join us on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Let me put it this way. I hate everything. Yep. And I love this movie. We're going to go for it on Patreon and tell you, go just break down the movie. So you, you will need to have seen it or you need to not care about spoilers, I guess, if you're going to listen to our Patreon this week. Right. Um, the sag after strike is over. Woo-hoo! Uh, sounds like they got everything they wanted, although we don't know for sure yet. So I can't imagine they would have they would have um, negotiated a deal if the AI stuff was still in there. The let's scan you. Right. Right. <laughs> and we own yeah. that in perpetuity to use for whatever, for whatever we want. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's creepy uh, anyway. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, so an updated story we just got, uh, Marvel's is having its worst opening weekend. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. So the Marvel's is a 4.47 million, uh, week box office weekend. It's the lowest MCU opening weekend of all time. Even Black Widow opened bigger than the Marvel's. And again, this has to do with the fucking haters who got pissed that Brie Larson at one time said, can we get a woman? Uh, can I get someone to interview me? Who's a woman for once right in this, you know, cause she's sitting there in a, in a press train and just one dude after another coming in, asking her sexist questions. And she said, I don't 
can we get a woman in here? And she says this out loud. And then somebody asked her to clarify. She goes, I think we need more women doing this job because I don't feel comfortable asking the, answering these questions, these sexist questions the men are asking. And everybody gets fucking pissed off about it. And all the incels freak out. And this, these are the people throwing the hate down. And it's a right. fucking great movie. Go see it. Well, uh. and I think, I mean, and the, and the article alludes to it as well, mm-hmm. but the, the SAG-AFTRA strike didn't do any favors to this movie. No. And Disney not <laughs> No, they, nobody the could do pre-press. Right, yeah. nobody could do press for it. I saw very little. Now, I don't watch, like, network TV. The only, the only pre-press they could do was Goose, and that just right. meant he was, he was a scab crossing the picket line. But yeah, like I've seen no very little advertising for it, even in the way I hadn't even seen a trailer until the week of the movie. Yeah, because I don't seek them out. But usually Mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, if it comes across, I'm kind of a if it comes across my life and I see it, then great. But I don't seek Mm -hmm. out movie trailers. Mm. Which is funny because that's one of my favorite things about going to the movies is seeing all the movie trailers. But yeah, the saturation of movie trailers happened last week, at least um, for those of us who are cord cutters. That's when I started seeing trailers for the Marvels a lot was last week. And that's normal, though. Any movie coming out, it's rare to see. It's rare to see an early push because it it can sometimes seem like a waste of you don't get the ROI on that push. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, we I did see some uh, trailers and I was more than excited about it. I think they ruined one part uh, with a trailer um, that didn't make. I was like, I kept waiting for it the entire fucking movie and it doesn't mm. come until the end. And I'm like, why did you put that in the trailer? Why did you <laughs> think that would be that would be a hook? Yeah. And it just really it really irritated me that that was there. And that's that's that. They just didn't know what to, they didn't know how to market it. And I'm like, it's a team up movie. Right. Yeah. Just show us those relationship moments, you know, show us that montage where they were learning their powers, you know, how their, how their powers, how oh, their jump work. Wasn't that so good. That you know, show us, good. show us that over and over. Show us that as a trailer. Show us, uh, just the whole fangirling of Kamala Khan. Show us, you know, uh, you know, Monica, you know, saying why didn't you come back you know all that stuff show us that <laughs> would have been good but no we get we get what they gave us and i i think that could have hurt it a lot too so uh. agreed mm-hmm. but uh let's uh let's talk about what we read this last week i have Just- more news Oh, you have more news. Yeah, I love more news. More news. news. Not only is it in the roundup I sent, I highlighted it in red. Oh, that I I saw that. So just days after the end of the SAG after strike, there's another storm brewing in Hollywood over WB's decision to scrap a fully completed movie just for the sake of another fucking tax write-off. Warner Brothers Discovery under the leadership of David Zaslav. That piece of shit. Shit has yep. offered to axe Coyote versus Acme, a $30 million movie produced by James Gunn starring John Cena, utilizing the classic Looney Tunes character in a new kind of story. This would have been Coyote and Roadrunner with blowing shit up and John Cena. Aww, I want that. 
You can't see I, it now. Huh? I love it. It uh, sounds I like. I get it. Yeah. I see the. Uh, I get the premise Wasted. just from the title. Right. It sounds like the Wiley e. Coyote is suing Acme for all of their all of their tricks he's bought that never worked. <laughs> Fucking that. Oh, and John Cena is his lawyer. <laughs> yes. Or he's defending Acme. I don't care either one. I think this sounds like a great movie. And fuck you, Warner Brothers, for scrapping it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been there. You would have gotten better than a $47 million opening. I can tell you that if you'd put that movie out. Ugh. And you didn't scrap the Flash movie. Ugh. Ugh. It didn't do anything for your fucking. Ugh. Did it, did it, did it promote, did it move forward this, this stuff? Did it, did it give us a James Gunn, you know, this is going to be the James Gunn takeover now? No, it didn't do any of that in the Flash movie. You could have done that. You didn't do that. And you kept that movie on the books. <laughs> Fuck you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> right. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, people are upset. A little. It's uh, exactly <laughs> more or less what happened with Batgirl. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And now the same situation with this one. Uh, people that have already seen it say it's a wonderful movie, compared it to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. um, saying good things about the animation and the storyline. Test scores among audiences were extremely high. Uh, David Green, bless him, uh, the uh, the director... Put out mm -hmm. the statement, for three years I was lucky enough to make a movie about Wiley Coyote, the most persistent, passionate, resilient character of all time. That's, I, like that. <laughs> I was surrounded by a brilliant team who poured their souls into this project for years. We were all determined to honor the legacies of these historic characters and actually get them right. Along the ride, we were embraced by test audiences who rewarded us with fantastic scores. I am beyond proud of the final product and beyond devastated by WB's decision, but in the spirit of Wile E. Coyote, resilience and persistence win the day. They, they, he's never caught the Roadrunner. He's never won the day. Right. I mean, that's they, right. really what it comes down to is uh, this movie, uh, Wile E. Coyote itself. Uh, yeah. Yep. In the end. That's On the what other happened. hand, you know, fuck off, WB. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Right. Like... Taylor would have loved this movie. She yeah. likes that. She yeah. likes that she Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah, she, you know, all that. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, I, actually, Warner Brothers, not so much to blame. Discovery. Well, it's it's Zaslav. Yeah, Zaslav, because he came over from Discovery. He sounds like a villain. He does. He's yeah. the villain of entertainment right now. That's a villain name. That's a bad guy name. Hello, I am Zaslav. I will take all your movies. Yes? It's no good It's the movies. I can get tax write-off with movies just like Fearless Leader always says to me. It's a great movie with Coyote. Hmm? And then in the terrifying sequel, that's the team-up of Zaslav and Perlmutter. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Those two could just go into businesses like, I don't know, diamond customer service. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Hello, welcome to customer service. I am here to make you angry. It's good, yes? 
What is problem? Oh, you do not like I did thing? Nah, go fuck self. Hmm? It's good. Great. It's good. You watch Flash movie again. You like. <laughs> it's great with the babies and the dog. Yes. Mm. It's my favorite part of the movie. Babies and dog. Oh my god. It was so terrible. In Russia, we put baby in microwave all the time. <laughs> Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a Zaslav out of my hat. Again? Again? That trick that never trick works. That trick never works. But everybody's leave. Presto. It's time to cancel movies, yes? No. Time to get a new hat. And now here's something we hope you'll really like. All right, I'm done with this article. All right. Now can we do the reviews? Let's talk about comics. I don't even know where the fuck I'm going to stick commercials on this train wreck. <laughs> yeah, let's just stick go. One. Let's see what happens. Yep. Stick one right here. Okay, there was a commercial. See? If you came across someone struggling with hunger... How would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. There is nothing wrong with your television. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are now controlling the transmission. We control the horizontal and the vertical. We can deluge you with a thousand channels or expand one single image to crystal clarity and beyond. Please stand by. So what have you guys been reading this week? We'll start with Joss. Oh my gosh, I didn't read anything in its entirety, but you guys, I picked up, I, after Wasatch Comic Con, which, which was so amazing, by the way, if you guys didn't go, you missed out. I had never been, and I was, I'm sad that I'd never been before now, mm-hmm. um, but I did run across town to the Dr. Volts, and I picked up my books for the week, and in that stack was Transitions, which is the graphic novel, um, about a mom who gets to adjust as her kid is transitioning um, as a transgender male. And I got to crack that open and read a little bit of it. And um, honestly, it's beautiful. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully illustrated. It is beautiful. And I cannot wait to sit down mm-hmm. and and mindfully read this one. This is not like a lot of my comic book reading is not as like mindful, right? Like it's... Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a mindful reading. I'm going to be. This one's going to take me a while to get all the way through. I suspect. So yeah, I flipped I'm through delighted. it. I flipped through it a little bit at the store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got four copies in. I oh. sold. I set one aside for you. Thank the you. other three sold almost immediately. Really. And now it's in back order, and I don't have a copy for myself. No. <laughs> I will as soon as I get this read. It's yours to read, friend. No, I want to pick up one of my own. Don't worry about it. Well, but yeah, but you could read it at least. That's fair. 
Yeah, I, I did. I, flipped I do have a question at... about that book when you finish it. Whether there's it's specific to the situation or if it has more of a universal. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. for any yep. parent whose child is LGBTQ of any kind or going right, through right, right. any any kind of thing. You know, I wonder if it if it has some universal appeal or if it's if it's very. Spe- I don't mind that it's specific to a transgender kid and a transgender parent going through this. That's fine. Right. I, I'm curious if they if they found yeah. a way to give it a universal appeal or if they or if they felt it was more power. It was a more powerful story to stick to a very specific situation. That's what That's, I'm questioning. Yeah. As soon as I can finish reading it, we yep. can have that conversation. And again, for the record, nothing wrong with either of those. I'm just right, curious. right, right, right. It's just curiosity on my part. Right. Yeah. The little bit, the little bit that I read, I felt was very universal. Okay. Um, but like I said, I didn't get all the way through it. I only read about mm-hmm. the first probably quarter of it, if that even. So yeah. Um, so yeah, because I spent my comic book reading time at Wasatch Comic Con yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. And but you were you were well rewarded for it. I was. I was well rewarded for it. And, and you got inked. I did get inked. I did. I got my ink on and I'm really happy about that too. So how about you, Jeff? Did you get anything read this week with the chaos of the No, between that and volts and everything else and we're screaming up on fucking Black Friday and all this bullshit. No. I didn't get time to read anything. I didn't even have time to buy anything I didn't read. (laughs) That's okay. I didn't have any money anyway, so I mean that's kind of where we end up. You know, I stare longingly at my hold week after week going, I am working in a profession that doesn't pay enough for me to purchase part of my profession. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. I found it it ironic that you were on your deadbeat list this week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, that's, that's dumb. Okay. That sucks. Well, the computer spits it out. It's like, here's people that haven't bought shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. get a chance to read it. What did you read? Um, so I I had originally listed just one book and then uh between me writing that I was able to get through three others. So I'll just and honestly, I want to talk about all three of them so we can get into that. So uh Picard's Academy number two. Okay, here's the thing. Um last issue, uh Picard and his rival decided to fight it out on the holodeck. In the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Picard Riker Riker was in awe of the of the holodeck on the new on the Enterprise D, like he'd never seen one before. By th- the fourth or fifth episode, they did that whole thing where Picard's reliving his holo novel, and everyone's like, Oh, isn't this so cool that you can relive this whole thing? You can you can be part of the book that you like and blah blah blah. And they were just all excited about it. You know, so it was it. They're basically stating this is this is fairly new technology. Now, could it be at the academy for basic space battles and that kind of stuff? Absolutely sure, I buy that. But then in this issue, Spock shows up, whom Picard said he'd only ever met once, and it wasn't at the academy that I know of. Um, but Spock shows up and says, uh, "Cadet Picard, tell me what you're." Tell me why you you feel the way you feel, and he he gestures to the holodeck. At which point they go through a holodeck experience of Picard's childhood played out. 
They don't even do that in the 25th century. What the fuck is that? That I'm, you know, that bothers me a lot. It's like, I'm, I'm usually not such a technology gatekeeper with Star Trek. Like strange new worlds could have all the crazy tech at once because I, in my opinion, that's just Gene Roddenberry didn't have the budget or designers with the imagination that they have now. That's fine. This you're violating the temporal prime directive. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> rude. That is yep. rude. So yeah, not getting getting less and less excited about this book. Although there is one shot where he's like, I envision, you know, Spock's like, why do you want to graduate early? Because I want to I want to get uh, you know, I want to get out there and start exploring. And they show this image of Picard with this long, flowing brown hair in kind of a next generation uniform ish esque. It's kind of a fantasy thing, and I'm like, that's funny because he's not going to have his hair <laughs> by the time he's wearing a uniform that looks like that. That's funny. Um, Birds of Prey number three. Uh, they go off to they finally head off to Themis the t- the teams together, and they go off to Themyscira. I think my favorite bit about this of them going to Them. Oh, and by the way, um, I don't know if you can see the cover. Oh, but thank you for designing a cover that already looks like it's damaged so that if I ever see GC this, there, <laughs> there could be an issue. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. Um, the uh, They go after Themyscira. They, the way they get there is that they need to sneak in under the radar and their team teleporter can only teleport herself. And the uh, the other teleporter on the team is Barda with a boom tube. She's like, that way everybody will know we got here. So Harley comes up with the idea of, I can get us in. And so they go out, they, 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 they uh, take a boat out to the middle of the ocean. And then along comes her buddy, you know, Harley's buddy, King Shark, which I'm like, this is going right to the Harley Quinn animated series, which I think is hilarious. So there's King Shark. And uh, he says, oh, yeah, get inside this Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Harley, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, they get to Themyscira, but then there's this weird moment where Zealot basically makes a deal with Themyscira, the, the island of Themyscira, that uh, as long as she kills no Amazon, she can't be killed. And then she turns around and stabs Harley, and Harley's fine. And I went back to reread her dialogue to make sure I didn't misread I instead of we, but no, it says I cannot be killed. And then later in the book, um, the teleporter is asking, "Well, so what's this deal about you not? You know, you, what what was this deal you made?" And they talk about it for a minute, and then they get attacked. She's like, "Why were you worried about not being killed? They didn't even touch you." And it's like, "Okay, Kelly, you've lost me here. I don't know what happened. I think your editor needs to do his job." Yeah. Um, Batman number 139. Um, this is brand new launch point, you know, new, new story arc. Um, Batman's taking out, going after the Joker now. Um, he's abandoned his whole life. He's actually hiding in disguise because, uh, in the Gotham War, his family, you know, Dick and Barbara and, uh, Jason and all that tried to stop him in Gotham War. And he's like, you can't stop my mission. So he's in hiding, disguised as another guy. So there's a whole new identity for him. I don't, everybody's made a big deal about that online. And I'm like, I don't know that Zdarsky will let us get very far to this new identity. Um, 
but he's basically he's going after the Joker, and as he says, all three of them. And which you get a see this uh, issue. I think it was like Justice League number fifty. I'm like, oh boy. Um, and then meanwhile, the the Joker is he finds out the Joker's uh, chasing down all of his former everybody who trained him, which means you have to have read Batman the Detective by Chip Zdarsky. So I like that he's tying back to his original one. But this story arc, you got to do a lot of back reading if you want to know what's going on. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, finally, <clears throat> from uh, Marvel Comics, we got Thanos, the Mad Titan, number one. Return of the Mad Ooh. Titan, number one. Um, the city of Fresno's fucked. <laughs> oh, no, Fresno! Yep. He rips up this uh, this section of Fresno with a... Uh, CVS or something in the middle, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's a CVS. It's I know they can't say CVS for copy trademark reasons, but it's a CVS. And uh, the one girl is left inside, and it's like you get the hint as you go through this first part of the story that she's more than she seems, and that she's kind of hiding out. Anyway, all of a sudden, here come you know she wakes up, and there's the uh, you know they're in orbit. Fresno's in orbit. <laughs> being held by Thanos. He's coming into this section of Fresno to find what he's missing. Meanwhile, the Illuminati are start talking to her. And it was just the funniest moment because the Illuminati consisted of Iron Man, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, um, Emma Frost, and uh, Adam Brazier, the Blue Marvel. And she's like, wait, you're the, you're, he goes, I'm Iron Man. Yeah, I know who you are. And yeah, and I'm I'm you're Mr. You're Mr. Great. That's fantastic. Oh, right. Fantastic. And she goes down the line. She's like, and then Adam's like, well, I'm, I'm going to have to tell her who I am. Nobody knows who I am. And he's like, so I'm and she goes, you're Dr. Adam Brazier. You invented this. You did this. You did that. <laughs> I was like, thank you. That was hilarious that you just threw that in Cantwell. Um, really funny. Like every she knew the Blue Marvel more than she knew about anybody else. <laughs> and that was great. And it was a great way to say. Uh, for Catwell to say nobody knows who really knows who Adam Brazier is, um, and uh, and and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you in a way that you should know who he is because she knows who he is. So that's kind of where we leave it off. Is that you know they got a, it's the Illuminati squaring off against Thanos, and uh, yeah. It looks interesting. I don't know how many issues this is. Probably just five for the series, but it looks like fun. It's it's a it's a fun first read. And like I said, sorry Fresno. <laughs> sorry about that Fresno. But today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Wednesday. It's time to give our picks of the week. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high. And I was just your pick of the week. So what are we looking forward to this week? Coming out this week. Let's start with Joss. Oh, let's do it. Because you know what? It was an easy week for me for my pick. Because guess what, you guys? There's a Daredevil issue coming out. Woo! Yay. 
<laughs> it was actually really good because as I scrolled through, I didn't see anything else in the mainstream that I got really excited about. So Daredevil number three is coming out. Um, it's still new in this series. Matt's going face to face with his deadliest enemy already. Mm-hmm. Already we're to the deadliest enemy. That does not set up a good run. Crosswalks no, with no alarms. That's right. <laughs> he hates those. They are the worst. Anyway, so that's my mainstream pick. Daredevil number three from Saladin Ahmed is coming out, and I'm very excited. How about you, Jeff? Um, I've only got one mainstream, and that is expensive. Uh, it's oh, the Sandman, um, the Helm, Morpheus's Helm edition. Yes. Um, it looks beautiful. It's $500. but it's all six volumes collected of the Sandman saga, including, um, you know, prose editions of the Sandman, Dream Hunter, Sandman, Endless Night, Sandman Overture. Um, And then, of course, it comes in a Morpheus helm, which is fucking awesome. So that was my mainstream pick of something I not only can't afford, I can't even get close to thinking about affording. Yeah, I... It just seems like too much. I mean, it's great. It's just too much for me. Um, and the fact that it comes in a Morpheus helm is awesome. Yep. You know, like like you, it, that's kind of the book holder, almost bookends in a way. I think that's cool. But yeah, no. No, not paying 500 bucks for that. I've already got the books over here. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Very fair. Yep. Uh, for me this week, uh, also just one book uh, from the mainstream because Marvel didn't have anything I was interested in. Because um, it's Superior Spider-Man is what they're pushing this week. And I, after reading the, the little thing they did, I'm like, yeah, nope, not going to read it. Thanks. <laughs> um, for me, it's Outsiders number one uh, from DC Comics. Uh, this is where I talked about this in a pick of the future a couple months ago. Um, Luke Fox is launching a new organization dedicated to shining a light into the world's darkest corners. And his first recruit is Kate Kane, the Batwoman. And uh, uh, they've got a third man in this group, but I don't know who she is. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, basically what of ancient evils and hidden tombs and forgotten tragedies from a magic and mad science fueled superheroic century. And this is what Luke Fox's thing. So it's basically uh, Batwoman Tomb Raider with uh, with some, um, you know, obviously when it involves Batwoman, there's a lot more going on. So this should be this should be fun. And it also feels like kind of a return to the Batwoman series with Luke Fox and and Kate Kane teaming up. So that could be fun. Uh, indie picks this week. Uh, I've got three effectively. Um from Image Comics, we've got G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 301, written by Larry Hama. I like that they say writer unknown, but it says the legendary Larry Hama is joined by new series artist Chris Mooneyham. And I'm like, you didn't? Uh, what the hell, Fresh Comics? You couldn't get that it was Larry Hama writing this? It even says at the top, Larry Hama, Chris Mooneyham, and Francisco Solera on the cover, and yet they don't even have those guys in the cover listing. Weird. Um, anyway, this is... Uh, uh, Skybound bot G.I. Joe. And uh, so we're getting a new take on G.I. Joe that'll be 
Uh, well, it's basically picking up where Larry Hama left off with issue 300 at Marvel. Now we get issue 301 here. On top of that, also from Image, also G.I. Joe, we get G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, number one, the Hama cut. And this is Larry's original unedited dialogue, which has never seen print for the mm. for the first issue of G.I. Joe. Um, I don't think there will be swears, but I'm just curious what will be in there. Um, and that one is by Kubert. And then the other one I'm I, I was I'm looking at. I don't know if I'll find it. It just depends on whether or not they get it in at, at Volts. Um, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Uh, the John Lee Hooker story. Oh, um, legendary bluesman John Lee Hooker, and it's uh, spends several decades of his of his life in the American experience, and it's basically John Lee never talked about himself. He always said, if you want to know about me, listen to my music, listen to my songs. And then there are songs that people said, oh, that's my song. And it was John Lee Hooker who wrote it, you know, and he never he never let if anybody if anybody claimed they owned the song, he would never like go publicly and say, no, I, I wrote this song. He would just quietly let them take credit for it. He didn't care. Um, so this is kind of like um, Citizen Kane in that we get three stories of people who lived in his orbit and are telling these stories about his about his life and his music and everything. So it looks really cool. Um, yeah, big fan of John Lee Hooker. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in it. If it shows up at Volts, I'll probably grab it. How about you, Josh? Or how about you, Jeff? What are you looking forward to, indie-wise? Well, making fun of Fresh Comics some more. Uh, they put Dead Romans <laughs> under Marvel Comics for some reason. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> anyway, from Image comes Dead <laughs> Romans, finally put together in a trade paperback. Mm. Uh, it's going to run 30 bucks. But uh, I read this one in singles and think that it is absolutely worth your time. The art is stunning, and the story is even better. But um, the art is just so fucking... It's just so good. It's mm-hmm. so vivid. I, I mean, I just I can't get over how beautiful this fucking magazine was. Um, and then uh, IDW's got the Ministry of Compliance, uh, starting out a new one there. It's from the award-winning uh, comic book writer John Ridley. Uh, he did the other history of the DC universe and I am Batman. Um, but this is, uh, 37 years ago, earth was secretly invaded by an alien force known as the devolution. Uh, they have been shaping the direction, uh, humanity has been going ever since to prepare us, uh, to be assimilated into their empire. Ooh. So this one's, uh, this one's going to be a fight back. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joss? Uh, I think from Boom Studios, I'm going to try and look for Lotus Lotus Land number one. That was a tongue twister for some reason. Um, it the, the solicitation doesn't have much information, but it does say in a Vancouver of the future painted with ultra modern decay. I'm not sure what ultra modern decay looks like, but I'm curious. A groundbreaking advancement in technology promises an end to entropy itself. 
that when an attack on this mysterious keeper program threatens the lives of everyone tied to it, retired police detective Benny Strickman is called in to investigate one last case. So basically, Budweiser bought Molson and destroyed Toronto. <laughs> basically. And they brought in this cop guy to figure out how to get rid of Budweiser. He's, he's going to fix it. Yeah. It's yep. about time. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds intriguing. The cover's mm -hmm. pretty. You know, what else do you look for in a comic book? That's what yeah. I do. do, so, do, do. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? You want to talk about some picks of the future? Yes. Let's jump in uh, our TARDIS uh, and hit January and give our picks of the future. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. All right. January 2024 from Marvel Comics, from the illustrious and ever-readable Chip Zdarsky, is Avengers Twilight, number one of six. And let's be honest, you get me anytime it says one of X amount of numbers, because then I don't have to worry about an ongoing series. Um, this is in a gleaming new world of prosperity. Captain America is no more. But Steve Rogers still exists, floating through an America where freedom is an illusion, where the Avengers are strangers and his friends are long dead. But is the dream? How do you assemble Avengers in a world that doesn't want them? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, so, dun, I mean, dun. really, it's like Steve Rogers wakes up now and he's going to figure it all out. Maybe, maybe this will solve all of America's problems, you guys. This comic book series right, right. here. You think? Nope. Nah. All right, I <laughs> Too I can easy. always hope, though. How about you, Jeff? What are you going to pick up in January? Um. Okay, so I'm not going to pick it up, but I wish that I could. Okay, fair. What are you looking forward to seeing? There we go. Punisher Max by Garth Ennis Omnibus. Ooh. Punisher Max was great. Garth Ennis writing it was great. It was the way Punisher is supposed to read. Um, anything else is less. But this uh, collects Born 1 through 4 and Punisher uh, 1 through 30. Um, this is number one. We have uh, a, a Bradstreet cover. We have a Walusky cover. Um, they're 100 bucks, uh, which is not bad for a book this size. Not bad at but, all. Yeah, if I could afford it, I would absolutely pick it up because I, I miss the Marvel Max stuff. Mm -hmm. It was good. Daredevil Max was great. Mm-hmm. But there you go. That's that's what I am. What about you? Uh for me this uh this this time around, um I'm looking I'm looking at uh from Boom Studios, Pine and Merrimack number one. Uh this is Kyle Starks who wrote Peacemaker Tries Hard, um, I Hate This Place and Creep Show. And uh, he's drawn. He's joined by uh, Fran Gallen, who is uh, an artist for Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, in the corner, on the corner of Pine and Mary Max, it's a small, unassuming town. Just a simple place, simple people, and one horrifying secret that could change everything. After a lifetime of witnessing the worst that humanity has to offer, former homicide detective Linnea Kent has decided to put it all behind her, alongside her husband, a former professional MMA fighter, and the unofficial brawn to her brains. She moved far from the busy city to open up a quiet little detective agency. At first, the simple cases of this nook of the world has to offer were exactly what she was looking for, but there's more to the quaint little hamlet than Linnea could have possibly imagined and something truly sinister pulling the strings. It looks dark. It looks interesting. 
and it reminds me of Twin Peaks. So sign me up. <laughs> Sweet. I like yep. it. Uh, so I think that's it for us this week. I think so. Um, I remind you to join us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash defendmedia. Uh, this week, if you haven't seen the Marvels, better go see it before you listen to this one, because we are going to talk about the Marvels, all about the Marvels and spoil everything. Uh, we'll also talk about Loki, this, the Loki season finale, and pretty much Loki season one and two all the way through. Um... And so, again, if you haven't seen those on Disney+, Plus, you probably want to watch them before that. Uh, we'll give you warnings before we get into Loki if you've seen the Marvels but you haven't seen Loki. How's that sound? Sounds good. Uh, I like it. So uh, join us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash media. You help us support the channel. Also, we are fundraising because it's that time of year again. Jeff, tell us how, we, how, we, how they can help support us. Oh, that's a really great question. Um, and I wish that I'd known it was coming, so I was prepared for it. <laughs> I mean, emotionally, you can just reach out and send us messages. I mean, that's really it. Is It's basically um, found out that our hosting bill is going up to $120 a month um, next year. Uh, that just covers... That just, that just covers posting. That's... Everything else gets done, and then we put it on the internet, and that also runs us money. And so I'm trying to raise enough that I can just pay for the year, since it's a couple hundred dollars cheaper to buy it a year at a time than a month at a time. Um, so you can pop over to uh, theleftshow.com. You can pop over to thecomicbookpodcast.com. Click on anything that says fucking Patreon, <laughs> PayPal, uh, the Begathon. There are at least five different ways to help us out. Um, mm -hmm. You can you can jump on uh, Patreon. Uh, you can join yeah. there. Um, the last round of fundraising got us one uh, five dollar patron, and that was cool. But that is so far from what we need uh, that yeah. I could I could really really desperately use the help. But uh, yeah, pop over to the comicbookpodcast uh, dot com. Um, and like I said, it's, there's so many things to click on. And if you have, if you happen to know, or you happen to have the skills to find us, uh, actual pay you money kind of sponsors for this show, um, we're willing to offer commission. So we just need somebody to do this for us cause we suck at it. So <laughs> we, we need, we need somebody, we need pay us money, uh, backers, uh, for this show. So. And that's why we bug you, because we don't have advertisers, as you've probably heard as you've listened to the show. We don't have advertisers. Um, so with that being said, I will say, as I always do, until everybody knows who Adam Brazier is over Reed Richards, make mine marvel. For Hell's Kitchen. For Stan. For Asgard. For Asgard.